We're so glad that y'all have joined us online for worship today, and we're positive that God has something specifically to speak just to you. We want you to know that you are always welcome here at First Baptist Azel, and that you can connect with us by going online to fbcazel.org forward slash connect. Now let's hop back into the sermon and hear what God has for us today. First Thessalonians 5.16, would you stand with me as we read God's word together? Paul, sharing with the church in Thessalonica and you and I, says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the beauty of these words and the verses also that we're going to look at in a few minutes. They are from your heart, and I pray they would be placed in our heart through your spirit, for your name's sake. Thank you for this year in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Today's message is entitled, God's Steps to Giving Thanks. God's Steps to Giving Thanks. If you want to know how you can be more thankful, you don't have to wonder, you don't have to guess, you don't have to read a self-help book. All you have to do is turn to the Word of God. God tells you exactly what you and I need to do to be thankful this Thanksgiving a weekend. And so we're going to look at that uh, right now. He says in all circumstances, and that's a tough thing. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But the key to a thankful heart is in our perspective of thanksgiving. If you don't have the right perspective, you're not going to be thankful. Even if you say the words, you won't mean them in your heart. And I know you've heard the story, uh, and I like it so well, I'm going to share, with it, uh, share it again with you if I've shared it before. Uh, it's an old story, but it's a story about a girl who wrote home from college, and she said, Dear Mom, sorry I haven't written sooner. My arm really has been broken. I broke it and my left leg when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory when we had the fire. We were lucky. A young service station attendant saw the blaze and called the fire department. They were there in minutes. I was in the hospital for a few days. Paul, the, the service station attendant, came to see me every day. And because it was taking so long to get our dormitory livable again, I moved in with him. He has been so nice. I must admit that I'm pregnant. Paul and I plan to get married as soon as he can get a divorce. I hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine and will write more when I get the chance. Love your daughter, Susie. P.S. None of the above is true, but I did get a C in sociology and flunk chemistry. I just wanted you to receive the news in the proper perspective. <laughs> so as we get ready for Thanksgiving, it's important to have the proper perspective. How is your perspective today? Well, the first step in our passage for today in 1 Thessalonians, Paul shares with us, uh, that the first step is to be joyful. He begins this whole discussion about Thanksgiving with these words, and he doesn't beat around the bush or drag it out. He simply says, be joyful always. It is, it is an imperative. It is a command. That is, God expects you to be joyful. Joyful living, and, and I know I've shared this, and I will continue to share Joyful living is not from the outside, it's from the inside. It is a choice that you and I make. You choose to be joyful or not. 
You cannot say, well, you know, there's the pandemic and this or that or the other. As believers in Christ, as a part of an eternal kingdom, you and I have the choice and the mandate to be joyful. So be joyful. Now, I know there are things that happen to you and that happen to me that make that very difficult. Doesn't mention that here. No loopholes, no workarounds. You and I are generally called to be joyful. Most of the time, your disposition and mine should be joyful. Be joyful always. Proverbs 15, 13 says it this way, a joyful heart makes a cheerful face. I like that. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face. So I was in the car this week with my family. I wasn't angry. Uh, I don't even know what, was, what we were talking about, but I had my, my, my driver face on and it was less joyful than it should have been. Now, I live here in Azle. I've been here for 22, 23 years. And, and I know that many of the people in the town have visited our church or knew, know who I am. And, and, and because of the red hair, I'm easily recognizable. Even with a mask on, I can't go through Walmart. Everybody recognizes me. I don't know who they are because they're covered in a mask. Uh, but the hair gives me away. So there's no hiding in this community. And so sometimes I forget that. So I'm in the car and I'm thinking about the light and got to get gas and all these kind of things. And uh, I, I turn over to the left and there, there's a couple of people in the car next to me and both of them are just looking at me intently. And I, I'm assuming they're thinking, I'm assuming, I don't know what they were thinking, but I'm assuming they're thinking, who's that guy? That guy looks familiar. And maybe they're thinking, is that that pastor? Is that that preacher? And I looked at them and I thought, why are they looking at me? Anyway, so I nearly ran the light. I'll tell you that some other time. But but a few moments later, I thought, you know what? I, I probably looked pretty crabby to them. But, but there was no joyful expression in my face, and there should be. Uh, and so here's what he says. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face. I'm not asking you to pretend today. I'm not asking you to go out and buy a pandemic mask that has a smiley face on it. You can get those. And if a, buying a mask is the only thing that can make you smile, a fake smile, a drawn-on smile, then you're in trouble. We shouldn't have to wear a fake smile, whether a mask or any other way. It should come from a heart. That's what he says. If your heart is joyful, you're going to end up smiling. I can always see when somebody, some young person is in love. I remember when Chris was dating uh, Randy, they were dating together and now they're married and have a child. I remember when Chris fell in love, I didn't say this to the early service, um, I, 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 I and the staff, we'd see him come in every day with a big old smile on his face. He just couldn't stop grinning. Do you remember that? I hope you're still smiling. Amen? Okay, all right. A joyful heart makes a, a cheerful face. That's just such a great verse. Oliver Wendell Holmes, and by the way, uh, preachers are just as guilty as anybody else. Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. was a member of the United States Supreme Court for 30 years. His mind, his wit, and his work earned him the unofficial title of the greatest justice since John Marshall. At one point in his life, Justice Holmes explained his choice of a career so when he came to a point in his life, he, he was going to, to pick a path in life. He almost became a minister. Here's what he says when it came to deciding his career. He said, 
I might have entered the ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not looked and acted so much like undertakers. Isn't that interesting? Now, you know, you know the type. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe that's what that family thinks about me today uh, that was in the car. I know, I, you know, I have a lot of pastor's friends, and we're wound up pretty tight sometimes. And we, we, we become stoic in, in our scholarliness, you know, my professors and that sort of thing. I love uh, my professors at, at seminary. I love, they're mostly dead now, but I, I really loved them when I was there. And, but some of them had, were just so stoic and so serious all the time and such deep thinkers. But I had other professors that were just as deep of thinkers, but they always had a smile on their face. Those are the classes we all signed up for. Those were the classes that were hard to get because everybody wanted those professors. We should have joy in our face and in our heart. At least that's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, speaking to the church in Corinth, and a church that was a big mess. They had a lot of problems. But he says, but thanks be to God, and there's the word, thanks, but thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession, that is a victory march, in Christ, and through us, through us, spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. I love how he says that. He, he compares your countenance and my countenance because we've been redeemed by the blood. We've been saved by the grace of God. Your countenance and my countenance is compared to a perfume type scent. Smells good. Spiritually speaking, do you smell good? So he says, for we are to God uh, the aroma of Christ. I love that. We are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and to those who are being uh, to perishing. So we have a smell to those who are receptive to the word of God and those who are not. He says to the ones we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. There, now he's not speaking literally, but he's using the, the sense of smell to talk about your countenance and my countenance and so if I were to ask your, and I'm not, if I were to ask your family and friends how you smell, spiritually speaking, what would they say? If your countenance was an odor, if your smile or frown was an odor, would you smell good or smell bad? That's the first step. Paul tells us to be joyful. Secondly, he says, we should pray continually. In fact, that's what he says in our verse 4 today. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, be joyful always, pray continually. Now, I've shared this passage with you when we've gone through uh, passages or subjects about prayer. Paul, and this is what really what I, I thought about when I studied this passage. What is Paul getting at? When he says pray continually, why? Why does he want us to pray continually? That's how we communicate with God. Prayer is communication with God. It's, it is our choice and it's amazing that the creator of the universe gives us the choice to connect with him anytime we want. Dear Lord, that's powerful. That's amazing that we get to do that. Because if we don't, there's not going to be much relationship. So listen to this very closely. It is impossible to be truly thankful if you have no one to thank. So when he says pray continually, he's talking about a connection. He's talking about a relationship with God Almighty. And he says, uh, um, we need to pray. We need to talk to God because there has to be a relationship 
there in order for that joy and that thanksgiving to take place. It is impossible to be truly thankful if you have no one to thank. I do see, and I have seen as you, times on television, maybe in the news or newscaster would, would say, oh, I'm so thankful this, this time of the year. Or a Hollywood actor who you know is an open atheist, and they'll say something like, oh, I'm so thankful. And I find myself immediately thinking, really? Who, thankful to who? Who are you? How, do, how does an atheist even celebrate Thanksgiving? By the way, Thanksgiving is not a, a secular holiday. Make no mistake about it. When the pilgrims celebrated that first Thanksgiving, they knew who to be thankful to. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. It is impossible to be truly thankful if you have no one to thank. God is the source of all good things in our life, beginning with our existence and with our salvation. The story is told of a poor man who was given a loaf of bread. And you've probably heard this parable before. He thanked the baker, but the baker said, don't thank me, thank the miller who made the flour. So he thanked the miller, but the miller said, don't thank me, thank the farmer who grew the wheat. So he thanked the farmer, but the farmer said, don't thank me, thank the Lord. He gave the sunshine and rain and fertility to the soil, and that's why you have bread to eat. Every good thing in your life, every good thing in your life can be traced back to your creator. Psalm 24, 1 says, the earth is the Lord's. Let me say that again. The earth is the Lord's, Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, what do you have that you did not receive from God? What do you have that you did not receive from God? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? So he says, every good thing you have in your life is from God. And if you have it, why do you act like you don't have it? I told you last week, uh, when I go to the Philippines, there are more smiles on their face. And I don't say just more smiles. They may be living in a bamboo house. They may not have anything. We watch this show on, I say show, this blog on YouTube every day. His name is Dustin somebody. He lives in the Philippines. He's American. He lives there and he, he takes whatever donations people send him and they put a well in a community or uh, they'll put an outhouse where they don't have an outhouse or they'll help build a house. And it is extraordinary how simple people live. He'll go into a house that has a dirt floor and just getting a concrete floor is an amazing blessing to them. But even with a dirt floor and even without the outhouse or the community well, that they find ways to, they just seem to be more joyful. 10 to 1 over Americans. We have so much, and yet we have frowny faces much of the time. And so this is what Paul says. What do you have that you didn't receive from God? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not receive it from God? So what good there is in our life, we give ourselves credit and not God. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting sand. Number three, Paul reminds us to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I, I say again, <clears throat> giving thanks sometimes is not too difficult. Being joyful sometimes is not too difficult. The worst atheists out there. I don't care how bitter they are, how angry you are, and you know people like that. 
hopefully not, I'm not here, of course, but you know people, you work with people, you've met people, you know people that are angry or bitter almost all the time. They never smile. There is no joy in their life. But even them, the grumpiest person you've ever met, I guarantee there have been moments in their life where they were grinning ear to ear. Now, they may not let you see it, but there were things that that first brand new car, that first house, or their, or their new house, or, or they met somebody, or whatever it is, got a big raise. Something caused them to suddenly perk up and smile. However, being that way all the time is another matter altogether. And so this is what he says. Give thanks in all circumstances, just as we should be joyful always. It's the always. It's the all that is the challenge. But that is the mandate. That's what God causes you and I to do. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The next time you and I are tempted to complain about the pandemic and the state of our economy, remember that during that first long winter at Plymouth Colony, seven times as many graves were made for the dead as homes for the living. Let me say it again. That first long winter in Plymouth Colony, seven times as many graves were dug uh, for the dead as homes for the living. The ship, which was to bring food and relief, finally arrived with 35 more mouths to feed and not one bit of provision. Touching, indeed, is the picture of William Brewster rising from a scanty Plymouth dinner consisting of a plate of clams and a glass of cold water. Whoa. <laughs> a plate of clams and a glass of gold water. But he stood to thank God, and here's what he said, for the abundance of the sea and the treasures hidden in the sand. That's the right attitude. The pilgrims didn't have much, but they possessed a great attitude and great gratitude. And it was upon this very thing that America was built. Everyone's life has up and downs, no question. But be thankful for all of it. Maybe this has been the worst year of your life. For some of you, maybe it's your best, I don't know. Maybe you like being alone. I don't know. But maybe it's been a hard year, and I know it's been a very difficult year for a lot of people. Thank God for all of it. Remember that no Americans were more underprivileged than that small group of people from the Mayflower who started the custom of setting aside a day of thanksgiving to Almighty God. They had no homes when they arrived no government agency to help them build homes. They had no means of transportation but their feet. Their only food came from the sea and the forest, and they had to get it themselves for every single meal. There was no fast food, no curbside service, no carryout, no restaurants, no Walmarts, no stores of any kind. They had no money, and they had no place to spend it if they had any. 
They had no amusements except what they made for themselves. No means of communication with their relatives back in England, their families and loved ones that they knew and that they left back in England. They couldn't FaceTime them. They couldn't message them through Facebook or whatever social app you use. They couldn't do any of that. They were... They, they had no idea who one of their relatives had, had died or anything else. They didn't know. They didn't have any of that. But anyone who dared to call them underprivileged would might have found themselves ending up in the stocks where they did have four of the greatest human assets. Initiative, courage, a willingness to work, and a boundless faith in God. We should have the same. If God has blessed you, and he has, don't forget to go back and thank him. Again, I know it's been a strange year, but through it all, I believe that God has blessed us. Watch this brief clip. Well, um... It has been an unprecedented year. Crazy. With all the... The... This stuff? Yeah. It's unprecedented how many times we've actually heard the word unprecedented. <laughs> Our dream vacation was canceled. You got to keep the job you don't like. You know they can see you? But let me tell you all the no's, friends. Um, no going to restaurants, no movie theaters, no movie theater popcorn, no state parks, no going to athletic events, no church services, and no... Don't say it. Don't. Hey, kids! You've got to be more careful with the toilet paper! This is all we have! All the drive-by birthday parties, graduations, <laughs> baby showers. I will say this, I thought it was a little awkward throwing out that baby shower gift in the front yard. You weren't supposed to do that. It just feels like a wasted year. I said it, I said it. Yeah, there's just all the time at home. Boom! And all the time that we were made to spend together. Hey, honey! Honey! Leave me alone! All the heart-to-hearts. Goodness. Speaking of hearts, our son, Jason, right over there, said yes to Jesus. All right, that kitchen table. July 17th, 2020. You know, I guess it's not really wasted time because God didn't waste a moment of it. <laughs> I think I have the answer to what I'm thankful for. Yeah? Yeah. What is it? Everything. So find a way to be thankful for what God has done in your life. Always be thankful every year. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17, he talks about uh, something the pilgrims would have certainly understood and maybe the, something that you're going through right now. He says it this way. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, 
Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be, what? Joyful in God my Savior. That's a beautiful verse, is it not? Life doesn't have to be perfect all the time for us to be joyful. So 2020 has been a challenging year, again, for some more than others. And yes, I look forward to 2021. I won't lie. And I remember the great economy that we had only a year ago. And everything to be so, seemed to be going great. But we are still blessed by the same God, the same mercy, the same salvation, the same hope, the same joy as we were last year and will be next year. I am thankful for First Baptist Church. Uh, the truth is he's really blessed us richly this year. I'm thankful for the staff. He's given us a great staff. I know I've told you before, it's the best staff that we've ever had. And I am so thankful. As a pastor, um, I can't tell you how painful being a pastor is if you have a, a, a dysfunctional staff, if I could say it that generally. So I'm so thankful for the staff. Um, we have a great time together. Uh, I even like Roxanne. <laughs> so... We have a lot of camaraderie. We cut up a lot, and uh, again, mostly Roxanne. We cut up a lot, but we get a lot done. Uh, we, it's our heart to minister to this church, and so I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for you as well. God has, has really taken care of us. A treasurer came to me early this year in February or March when the pandemic hit, and she said, okay, tell the staff not to spend any money. And I said, okay, yeah, you're right, because we're going to go broke. Uh, because our fear was if nobody's going to church, nobody would tithe. Just the opposite actually happened. Don't forget to tithe, by the way. Uh, but just the opposite happened. You guys were so faithful this year. We've been able to pay all of our bills, and God has just taken care of all the needs of the church. So thank you, thank you for that. And I, again, a big thank you to God, because He has brought us through this year. We've learned some things and, and that we have ne would never have learned otherwise, our online services are brought to a level they've never been before as far as the quality of the video and the audio. And we have a whole team for that now, that, that streaming ministry that we didn't have in place six months ago. So we're learning, but God has used this year to teach us things uh, that we did not know. Remember 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. And then this is how he ends it. He says, For this is God's will for you in your life. There are times that people will come to me and they say, Pastor, pray for me because I'm trying to discern God's will. Because I, I'm thinking about taking this job or buying that house or marrying that person or whatever opportunity God has put in your life. Would you pray for me about God's will in my life? And sometimes it is a challenge to discern what God wants you to do. Do I go this way or do I go that way? And God wants us to wrestle in prayer, by the way, about that. That's how it works. It's through the, the opportunities and the adversities of life that we are drawn, that we are compelled toward God to ask Him. But to many of you, I would say, you don't need to discern God's will through hours and hours of prayer because the Bible already tells you what His will for you in your life already is. This passage is a perfect example. Give thanks in all circumstances for this 
is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You don't have to wonder, what am I going to do with my life? Well, I'll tell you what God wants you to do with your life. He wants you to be thankful in all circumstances because that's God's will. His will, His plan for, is for us to be thankful to Him. I look forward to getting back to a fairly normal schedule but I am reminded of the goodness of God and that old song that is so true that says God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Pray with me. Father, thank you for these passages and, and uh, from your word. We want to thank you for life. Every breath we take is a gift from you. We didn't earn it. We didn't work for it before we were born. It was strictly out of your love that you created us and that we exist at all. We don't even fathom our own mind, let alone yours. We don't understand the miles and miles of, of, of nerves in our brain and throughout our body that send impulses and signals, and that we are able to even say the word God, let alone conceive of what that means. That we're able to speak and have language. That we're able to see or hear, smell or touch anything. It is your majestic, creative genius that we're able to inhale air and take from that air oxygen to, to, uh, to infiltrate our blood to spread throughout our body and give us life. And that's happening right now without us even knowing it or thinking about it. How extraordinary you are. But you don't stop there. You started there. You desire for us to do more than just exist. You've given us a purpose in life. You made us because you love us. And our purpose in life is to love you back. You call us to do that. Expect that from us. And you have every right to expect that from us. But it's more than a responsibility. It is a privilege. Thank you for allowing us to love you back. And we acknowledge that in the midst of our sin, that which separates us from you, that which is wrong in our life, Knowing that we were separated, you sent your one and only Son, Christ, to remove that sin and remove that separation, that we can come to you and love you back and say thank you and to have joy. So, Father, I pray that the joy that you provide lasts through any pandemic, any difficulty any bad news, and any problem. The joy that you offer through Christ is everlasting. It doesn't require that we be rich or handsome or beautiful or popular or gifted. Your mercy is for everyone and your joy is for us. Thank you for giving us the privilege of having to heard the name Jesus. 
because there are many in this world who've never heard his name to this day, have never heard the name Jesus. We have. They've never heard about your mercy through him. We have. They've never heard about the joy we can have in the resurrection. We have. They've never heard that we can be saved from our sins and destined for heaven. We've heard that. Thank you. Father, for our families, our loved ones, our homes, anything else that we have in life that is good, we know it all comes from you. Thank you. Thank you for this church. It is your church. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of a kingdom and a church here. Thank you for allowing us the right to worship and glorify you. We lift up today every, every, every uh, community, every church, every congregation around the world that is having to hide to worship, that is being persecuted, imprisoned, tortured, and even killed because of their faith in Christ. We know you have also given them the privilege of eternal life and they will be with you in heaven. But I pray, Father, that you would help our hearts think of them today. As you're praying, no one's looking around. What are you thankful for? Do you have joy in your heart? Does that joy express itself in your face, in your eyes, in your expressions? Do you smile most of the time or frown? I want to challenge you to come to God today and say, may your joy shine out of me this week. In light of the pressures of Cyber Monday and Christmas presents and decorations and all the responsibilities that you have, pray, God, will you shine through me this week? May your joy be evident to everyone. And then just spend a few minutes saying, God, thank you. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my problems. Thank you for being a God above and beyond and having power and sovereignty over my problems. Teach me, grow me. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for hope. Thank you for 2020. Will you pray that right where you are? It may be God is calling you to make a public decision today to give your life and your heart to Jesus Christ or to become a candidate for baptism or God is calling you or your family to join with First Baptist Church. If God is speaking to your heart right now, this is your opportunity in this time of invitation. Just come down and say, Pastor, we'd like to join. Pastor, I'd like to get baptized. Pastor, I have a prayer request. If God is speaking to you right now, now is the time. Would you stand? No one's looking around. And as you stand and as you pray right now, you come. Well, thanks for joining us today online for our worship service. We hope that you are ministered and encouraged to while you're with us. And we just want to remind you that you can connect with us online by going to fbcazel.org forward slash connect. We hope to see you again next week.